Kia ora whanau. Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. This podcast is all about, uh, well, mental health, my experience of moving from anxiety, diagnosed depression, panic attacks to a place where I no longer experience those and also tools and practices that I uh, do, I share with my clients who have successfully done the same, which is over 50. And also we have Tobias Johnson on the podcast, a studied scientist, uh, sorry, studied scientist is the wrong word, uh, rather published scientist, but also studied scientist, right? <laughs> that applies to all scientists, however. Now, Toby was able to walk us through the understanding of what discipline really is and how we can utilize discipline to not just improve our level of control over our life, but also our subjective well-being at the same time, because often discipline is utilized as sort of like this white knuckling, uh, tough guy, tough woman mentality where subjective well-being comes down. Now, the beautiful thing about it is Toby shares a little bit more about a discipline understanding that often isn't talked about in the previous episode, which I'd suggest listening to first before you come to this episode where you can start getting real true frameworks and steps that you can start implementing to improve exactly what we've been talking about around this. So Toby's also an online coach uh, helping people to transform their health and their physique. And also his research focuses on how to overcome self defeating behavior. Now, Toby has studied neuroscience at the University of New South Wales in Australia and was gra- and he graduated with first class honors. So you can tell this is going to be a goodie as always with it um, as it is with Toby. I love the way that he expresses exactly what he knows and knows exactly what he doesn't know, which is I find a very important part or component to really making sure that we can get as much reliable information together as possible, which is what he does so well. So without further ado, let's go, Toby. So yeah, I'd love to just delve straight into it, man. Um, how do people build discipline? How does what, so let's just talk about, like, let's just say hypothetically, someone has, you know, gotten clear on their values. Um, actually, I'll just quickly mention something on that because I think this is something that clicked for me was when Gary Vee, for example, he spoke on, just taste. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, now it was, I only really got it because I just went and tried a bunch of things that I didn't like. And once I realized the things that I didn't like, I found what I did like. Um, so I guess it really aligns with the psychotherapy practice you were mentioning earlier. Um, but let's just say someone had found some clarity around their direction. Um, they, uh, started to really understand their values and they had, let's just say again, hypothetically, they'd set their life up to make, that direction more accessible for them, all right, as we discussed in part one, for those that haven't listened to part one, go listen to it. Um, how does one now start building the structure of discipline to propel them forward through that? Well, in order to build what most people think of discipline, which is that reactive form of self-control, where you're yes. reacting to temptations that are in your environment, there's actually a lot of controversy about whether you can actually build it in the scientific mm. literature. There was one meta-analysis that showed small effects, but it, then again, you would expect small effects from the type of studies that are done on building reactive self-control. So the, the typical study will be, they'll get people to track on my fitness pal for four weeks to see if they can train it like a muscle, the self-control right. thing, or they'll get them to use their left hand, their non-dominant hand for two weeks, and then they'll test their self-control and see if it increased their self-control, their ability to mm. like suppress their, their impulses. Um, 
And yes, there's there's a little controversy over whether you can do that. I I think you you can. You probably can, um, especially in specific domains. So you can practice your self control with something like getting to the gym, and you can train it and get better at it. Um, I think that, that it's quite clear that you, you can do that. Whether you can totally. train it in a way that generalizes, so you you know you track on my fitness pal, you take cold showers, and then that trains your discipline so that you're better at waking up in the morning, for example. Uh, that's a little less clear, but I think mm. I think the the consensus is is probably that yes, you can, um, whether the transfer is large or not we don't know yet. yeah but, that's such a good point eh? like i know for yes. example when i was very disciplined with the gym i wasn't very disciplined uh with my compulsions in day-to-day -day life um so whether it be doom scrolling um or whether it be binging even like you know um or smoking yeah, weed yeah. um so that these were you know vices i had um in a way it was like i was taking away um, or my discipline from other aspects of life and just pouring it into the gym. I don't know how, how like how on point that is. Yeah, yeah, right. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. So even if you look at, you know, just you don't look at science at all, most people would intuit that, you know, being very disciplined at one thing doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be disciplined in another thing. So the transfer mm. is probably unreliable to just bet on that that's going to improve your life massively. But there are things that you can do to improve your self-control that aren't just practicing it. Uh, like, for example, making sure your sleep is on point. So mm. uh, being sleep deprived, it suppresses activity in the prefrontal cortex and, and areas that are related to self-control in the brain and impulse inhibition. And so making sure you, you know, you've got your sleep sorted, that's very, very important. Uh, making sure that you are forming the right beliefs too around your self-control. There's this one paper, a very popular paper done that looked at the influence of belief on this phenomenon called ego depletion. Ego mm. depletion is this, um, this tendency for people to have less self-control after they've exerted self-control so you know it's like self-control is some kind of resource that drains over time um, and what the study did was looked at people who believed in ego depletion they believed their self-control would deplete versus people who didn't believe in it and what they found was that when people didn't believe that their willpower their ability to inhibit their impulses would deplete it didn't deplete mm. they, they were absolutely fine so it was that belief that was creating the results um and i think that's really interesting because it the way we're thinking of our own psychology the way we're thinking of self-control it affects our ability to exert self-control that's amazing yeah. so i guess that's why the placebo effect became a thing right Totally. Yeah. It's it, the, the, what you expect of yourself comes true in, in a lot of areas. Um, obviously I, I can't, I can't fly or anything like that. There are limits to it, <laughs> but, but, uh, within the realm of physics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but, but for self-control and for a lot of other psychological processes, the placebo effect 
uh, is is large and it's worth knowing about because your beliefs do matter and you should be very very careful about the beliefs you're forming about self-control so that doesn't mean that you should just believe that you have infinite self-control and you're never going to drain because if you did believe that then you're going to fall into the trap of assuming that you're going to be able to resist temptation and that will lead you to a life where you're not setting up your life intelligently you're not using any proactive self-control which if we're going to talk about improving self-control i think we should really talk about improving proactive self-control because what mm. we've just talked about is improving the the reactive side of things you know reacting to temptation that's, that's suppression there. yeah 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 suppressing those impulses and and white knuckling through it mm. and that it's one approach it's useful sometimes yeah. but um, you can almost relate we, it to yeah. the idea of top-down control correct which is obviously um yeah utilizing um prefrontal cortical activity as you mentioned before in order to move through something when i know it's not good for me and sometimes that is obviously like you said important for example um i know i really don't want to get out of bed in the morning but um if i don't get out of bed this morning and go and do x y and z then the next day i'm going to suffer even more because i'm going to have all this extra stuff i need to do um so obviously there's times when that is necessary but as you mentioned um then there's a flip side so um, I think this is a really great point then to tie that in. So do you mind explaining what that is? Yeah, so, so the example you gave, you're using reactive self-control to get up in the morning. Very, very yeah. important to do. Um, but just to, to play on that analogy, um, that example, what if you were to, like, so, so for example, some people will be thinking of that, how they can get up in the morning. Um, and they'll think they just have to, use that willpower that they have Mm. but at the same time their wake time is incredibly variable so their their sleep quality is diminished and they don't wake up firmly at a a strict time each day and they have 10 different snooze alarms that they're tapping and they're saying i have to tell a lot of people get related to that one yeah, 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 totally. And, and also they're not viewing bright light upon waking. They just yes. don't have, they don't have these systems that make it easier to just wake up and make it so that they don't have, have to exert self control. Um, and when you're talking about improving self control, improving discipline, it's the proactive stuff that you do, the stuff that you do ahead of time, that makes the huge difference. Mm. It's not going to be the the improvements in the willpower your ability to exert willpower that makes a huge difference because if i'm honest willpower it it looks a lot like a trait it looks like something that yeah you can make small improvements in it you can improve your ability to uh you know exert inhibitory control but not as much as you can improve your life by just making better decisions and using mm. better strategies. Um, it's the proactive self-control that you can massively improve. And so if you're trying to become more disciplined, focusing on that side of the equation rather than focusing on willpower, I think is much more productive. Um, so to improve proactive self-control, it's all about strategies. You have to get the right strategies on board. Um, 
and I mean, we can talk, we can talk through some things that like a structure that I think is useful. Please. Think of. Um, yeah. Yes. So the, the, the first thing that you need to do is, uh, the, the most useful thing you, you can do initially is pre-commit to whatever goal you are setting, whatever intention you're setting, you pre-commit in some way and you can pre-commit externally with some kind of accountability mechanism you get a coach or you know there are these silly little websites you can go on there's like this website called stick.com where you can pledge a certain amount of money if you don't achieve your goal so I that's a form that. of pre-commitment yeah yeah it forces yeah. you to achieve it um, yeah. and and there's another form of pre-commitment called uh internal pre-commitments which is basically just goal setting um you 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 internally pre-commit by making a promise to yourself. And there are more, more and less effective ways to set goals. Um, and get, making sure you set goals properly is a, is a very, very important thing to do. Very, very important. So that's the first step. The second thing is what you were mentioning before, which is alignment. Making sure your reality, your environment is aligned with whatever goal or intention that you set up. Um, making sure your physical align, uh, environment is, is aligned with your goal, is pushing you towards the right decisions, making sure your social connections are matching your values and who you want to become, and making sure you're clear on your overarching values. Very, very important. Um, so I think those, those two things just by themselves can take you so far in improving your effective discipline, whereas you haven't really improved your your uh, trait discipline at mm. all. You've just become better at controlling your environment. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating that you say that. I, um, and I, I definitely feel like because, and without realizing I've made that more of a priority in my day-to-day -day life to, like now, um, it's definitely enhanced what I would perceive as the reactive discipline, but really it's actually been more proactive focused, um, which is really fascinating. Um, but there's, there's also as well, I know, um, there's, there's been, um, studies on like, like just the example is like the long-term meditators would have noticed, um, gray matter development and prefrontal, like for the prefrontal cortex, for example. So there's like physical enhancements in the aspect of the brain that's re more responsible for self-control. Like how would that be explained? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's difficult to draw conclusions from those studies because mm. the prefrontal cortex has so many different functions, not just inhibitory control. I, I yeah. would guess though that meditation would improve your reactive self-control, your, your willpower. Um, I would guess that, but I, mm. I don't know of any research showing that. I know, I know this, this one paper that was on meditation and self-regulation that was published in, in nature journals showing that uh meditation or mindfulness sorry the more mindful you are does improve your ability to self-regulate mm. uh, but i i have some issues with, with the paper that yeah right, but, but, you know you know i'm not i'm not too skeptical of this i mean you think about it a lot of meditation you are learning to react uh in a different way in a more skillful way as they put it you know in the buddhist mm. circles to yeah, yeah. temptation and impulses and your own internal states so i'd be shocked if it didn't improve your ability to exert reactive self-control
Totally. Yeah. Would you almost say that um, that's almost a product of effort as well? Because almost like you're setting yourself up to respond differently to those impulses. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good way of viewing it. Uh, you could view training of reactive self-control as a, that's yeah. a form of proactive self-control. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a, just really speaking, thinking out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Really no, cool. no, no, that is, that is, that is true. Cause you're practicing it so that you're going to be better in the future and you'll be set up better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause that's just from my experience, right? Like I know from my meditation experience, um, I, I wouldn't say like, it doesn't feel like I'm trying harder to not react to the anxiousness or stress that comes up within me of something. It's like, I'm not, I, I just am more capable of managing it and choosing a different path to what I would have chosen before, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think yeah. perhaps meditation can offer, uh, like you said, another way of relating to these challenges of temptation where rather than, rather than just, you know, gritting your teeth and, yeah. and trying to resist as hard as you can. Man. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, trying not to, to think of the temptation or trying not to give into it, your way of relating to it is completely different where you're accepting that impulse as it arises without acting on it. You're accepting all the impulses you have to act and, and to um, sate this desire that you have. And you're just letting that be rather than uh, trying to resist it in any way. And, the, you know, have you heard of those experiments where they get people to think of a white bear and they, the people obviously just immediately think of a white bear. Yeah, totally. And they, they call this ironic rebound, where if you if you try to get a human to not do something psychologically, yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, they are they tend to rebound in a way that that reinforces whatever you're trying to resist, and so active resistance is often counterproductive in that way. And so meditation, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a better way to solve these problems. Temptation. Right. Yeah, oh, that's, this is honestly, you've given like you sharing this stuff has actually given me a lot of insight. So this, this is pretty brilliant. Um, but I, good, yeah, man. I do want to um, wrap up the discipline talk um, here after one more question. But I do want to share with the audience that the next episode will be around self esteem and uh, uh, confidence as well, um, which will obviously be a really beautiful um flow on from what we've been discussing um so I'm, I'm very excited about that but that's just for the audience to know so they can anticipate um get, get those dopamine circuits going hopefully um so to, to wrap up um um because i mean you've shared a few practical steps which has been which have been brilliant what would you say would be the best first step for someone to start taking in your opinion, from your experience, from your knowledge so far um, that someone can start taking if they want to um, actually, no, I'll put, I'll put it into, and actually I'd rather do it this way. If you were someone that was out of alignment, didn't have much discipline. And if you were like one of the hypothesis um, examples that you um, gave, what would be your f first few steps you'd take? I would, I would first just acknowledge that it's possible to, to achieve, you know, not, not anything I want with this method, but, but it's possible to really improve my life in a massive way mm. without being the heroic disciplined samurai who's motivated towards everything that I've, I'm envisioning and, and to drop, I would counsel myself to drop those feelings and 
critical thoughts surrounding this idea that I'm not motivated enough to yeah, succeed. How? I'm how, how does one make that enough. change? Well, I would run the thought experiment that I, I was talking about before. I would, right. I would think, you know, because in that, in this case, it, it, the thought experiment has become true. I am that impulsive, you know, uh, slothy, yeah, lazy guy. Um, and so I would just think to myself, okay, given that my reactive self-control is not where I want it to be, how can I achieve my goals? And the solution would be to to um, exert proactive self-control. So what I would do, I would get some form of accountability immediately, um, find a way to get an accountability group. If I didn't have any money, I'd just get some friends together. Uh, if I had money, I would get a coach on board mm. and then I would set goals in that group. Um, I have a, you know, there's this famous way of setting goals called SMART goals. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, specific, measurable, achievable, yeah. um, relevant, and and timely. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. realistic and timely. Realistic, yes. Yeah, and this this method was proposed by this guy in some random column in the nineteen eighties, just a businessman, and then it was tested by science. Um, but that's not the way science should be done. You should do science by like you just hypothesize what would yeah. work, and then you test it rather than just having the the um the goal setting theory and then seeing oh does this does this work um and i think a more more science-based approach is a different structure called asdf goals which stands for um ambitious you want to make sure your goal has the right level of ambition so it should motivate you but not be something that crushes you because it's so uh, hard to achieve specific you should be as specific as possible with your goal you want to know when you're on track to achieving it because like you said that will leverage your dopaminergic systems towards that goal and let you know when you're not on track Um, the d stands for divided and that just comes from all the research on uh, delay discounting humans don't like waiting for rewards so Mm. if you have rewards in the future goals that are you know one year ahead of time until you achieve them, you're not going to be maximally motivated towards it. You you want to bring that carrot right up towards your face by dividing right. your goals into chunks, um, smaller little segments that are not only like more achievable, feel more feasible for you, but they're more motivating because they're like right mm. there. Like, today I can achieve something. Um, and then the, the F stands for forecasted. You want to make sure that you're forecasting for obstacles that could mm. come into play I love you don't this. do that you're you're like a sailor going out to sea who just doesn't know what the weather's going to be at all yeah and like no sailor would do that and no goal setter should set goals without anticipating obstacles and true like overcoming them before they happen. true um, so that's I guess because that can be quite hopeless up. right like i might like go out in, in pursuit of something without the thought of this this and this could happen and then when this this and this does happen it's like a feeling of hopelessness can then come over me where i feel um like oh no it's impossible i can't do it because i never yeah yeah it. yeah so true 100 mm-hmm. percent uh and and setting these up like thinking of what can happen these obstacles ahead of time it's a conscious process you have to consciously yeah. think about it but it's been shown to do what is, you know, what you're hinting at, which is it creates these unconscious associations between the thing that you're chasing, the goal, 
and the obstacle. So rather than seeing the the Friday night party as just like this fun event that you're going to have fun at, you see it also also now as something that's going to impede progress to your goals. Um, mm. Just automatically and unconsciously, you will view it like that. So forecasting is, is really important to, to set your mind up in a way that will um, approach the obstacles with more success. Um, very important. Yeah. So yeah. good. So yeah. good, man. Yeah. So um, for everyone wanting to know ASDF, just look at the, um, the center row on your, um, <laughs> on, on your keyboard and it'll be the first four letters right there. Um, that's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> um, so just so it's easy to remember for you guys. Um, yeah. ASDF, um, definitely great place to start guys. And, um, mate, Tobias has been fantastic. I uh, can't wait to talk about self-esteem and yeah. Wrap it this all, all together yeah. into a beautiful, yeah. uh, thriving type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's yeah, man. All right. Bro, so good, man. As always, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Um, highly recommend following Toby on Instagram, Tobias Johnson underscore. The uh, link to that will be in the bio below. You can, um, or the notes below, go down there and give it a little, little clicky and then a little subscribey or followy, you know, whatever it is on Instagram. And you can also find me on Instagram, Coach Keza, or find us on YouTube if you prefer to, you know, see this stuff with your eyeballs, which is always much more fun and more engaging and also as well allows us to really take in this information, particularly if you're taking notes. Now, a good old subscribe um, and even better, a share uh, will allow us to grow this podcast more so we can impact more lives and you might be a big reason why we can do that. So that would be incredibly helpful. As always, guys, I love you so much and I can't wait to see you next time because the next episode is about self-esteem and confidence, which he talks about a lot of the neuroscience behind that in a very succinct format that I found incredibly insightful. I learned a lot and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So I'll see you there.